Hello and welcome to the new format of the Black Doll Sports Podcast. You're actually able to see our beautiful faces now. And I'm wearing my former CEO Patriots shirt today, representing um, for Sal Jackson. Uh, and this is our special coronavirus episode. And our lead topic is the age of coronavirus. How did it affect, um, how are we coping with the pandemic personally? And how is it going to affect the sports world? Then we're going to hop into the basketball team. How is this going to affect the women's basketball team and the potential of their season and also the potential of the men's team to make a tournament run? Not an NCAA tournament run, an NIT tournament run. Let's be real. Uh, after that, we're going to talk about the NFL with Darius Slay going to the Philadelphia Eagles. What's going on with Dak Prescott and his contract situation? And how is the new Vanderbilt quarterback transfer going to affect things in the QB race or the number two spot anyway? So um, I am joined by our co-hosts, Mr. Jeremiah Short and Derek Thomas. And since Derek is a senior member of the podcast today, I'm going to let him express his thoughts and feelings going into the show first. What's going on, Bulldog fans? It's great to be back on. Y'all going to have to excuse me. I'll hear my lawnmower, man. Um, it's great to be back on talking about Bulldog sports because our world has been, I guess you can say, shattered. No Bulldog sports, no spring football, no women's ter- NCAA tournament, no men playing if they would have gotten into the tournament, no baseball, no softball. <sighs> And it's funny you 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 said the uh, coronavirus like Cardi B. Have y'all seen the video uh, where they put Cardi B in there and, <laughs> and Donald Trump turns around like, "Oh my God, the coronavirus is gonna get me." Um, <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny, you know. But since since Arthur decided to um, bring up Cardi B's coronavirus uh, highlight. But, yeah, I'm just glad to be back on Talking Bulldog Sports, man. And I can't wait until the coronavirus is no Coronavirus! <laughs> okay. So, um, y'all screens is, like, hella fast, slow on my computer for some reason, but such is life. Jeremiah, same thing for you. What I you got going on with this? Probably just... I mean, it was fine last night. Anyway, um, I had the same issue this morning, so it happens. I know. Well, with me, it's just weird. I was telling someone a couple of days ago. It feels like it's almost like the Twilight Zone, like you're living in a movie. Like, oh, we have a stay-at-home orders. It's not because of any type of military stuff going on or some type of imminent danger. In that way, it's like, hey, man, we need to stay inside, man, so you don't get sick. I'm like, man, this is crazy. Like, I never thought we would face this in modern America. Like, you know, in the in the world, they dealt with Spanish flu over 100 years ago or close to 100 years ago, a little over 100 years ago. So this is something that's almost not as deadly, but similar as far as how it's spreading and how it's affecting just the world. Like, I was talking to my sister yesterday, like, nobody thought that two weeks ago that the whole world was just stopped and we was not out of school or anything. So it's just, like, what is really going on right now? We just, a lot of people are doing their podcasts and videos at their crib, you know, just sit up there, like, talking like this, like, I mean, I ain't never talked this much on the phone in the last 10 years, probably. You know, everybody's trying to stay connected to each other because, I mean, the extroverts probably about to just lose their minds right about now, having to sit in the house all day. Um, but it's a great time probably to reflect and really just kind of reconnect with people and maybe just, I know some people looking at it as a negative because they want to be back to doing what they do. 
But at the same time, it was a great opportunity really for people to kind of find some positives in this chaotic situation. And I mean, I'm really affected because if y'all didn't know, I'm like a real street dude. So I have no idea how I'm going to traffic drugs through the community with this whole, um, my industry has been significantly impacted, you know, due to the fact that people have this stay at home order. So I'm trying to think of ways to do no contact drug deliveries, but we'll see. All right. So I don't believe uh, it. I hope your principal's not watching this. <laughs> man, look, stop hating. Anyway, so how are you coping with the pandemic, Jeremiah Short? Um, best I can, you know, as a teacher in the role I am, it's kind of hard. You know, you want to be there teaching your kids and you want to make sure they're growing. It's kind of a critical point of the school year. You want to finish out what you were doing at the beginning of the year, what you had planned. I already was kind of in the throes of doing that before we school got uh, shut down for the next couple of weeks. I mean, I already had planned up the whole nine weeks, so it's kind of like, man, so now you're almost having to readjust and kind of find a different way to connect with your students and make sure they still grow and still be able to digitally, or virtually, not digitally, but virtually teach them. So that's a really hard thing. And I mean, I think I can live with not having sports for a while. I think we'll be okay. I think that's something, considering what the world is dealing with right now, I think I'll be good. You just listen to sports debate. Now you're just having people just debating stuff, just to debate stuff. I mean, I was listening to Undisputed before we came on and they were debating Jerry Rice against Randy Moss. I'm like, as Shannon Sharp said, is this really a debate? Like Jerry Rice versus like, why are we even talking about this? So it's, you're going to see a lot of those debates over because people are just searching for content. So that's the only thing you're just going to see. Like I said, watching a lot of documentaries, a lot of wrestling documentaries. I actually watched a really good one on the fabulous Moolah who, as a kid, I remember as the old lady in WWE, and I didn't know she was a little tyrant. But at the same time, she showed her tatas that one time. That was that was May, but uh, that was May Young. But but trust me, it's a big difference. Uh, <laughs> but it's real interesting looking at the behind the scenes stuff of wrestling. That's always intrigued me anyway. So I've been watching a lot of that type of stuff and just being watching a lot of TV shows. One recommendation I would have, and doing a lot of reading, uh, the book, not book, but the show for life. On ABC, I would highly recommend that. But uh, it's a good thing that you brought that up because I forgot to watch the next episode of it. Um, Baton Rouge streets, Red Stick, Derek, what's going on, man? Um, Baton Rouge is on a um, stay at home work order, so it's like five p.m. or whatever. Posted on be essential personnel going out. I am. Um, my job, I'm in IT. I work for a healthcare facility, not a hospital per se. Uh, so I have to go in sometime, but I work from home a while. And like today, I had to go in, take care of some things, came home. And, but hey, it is what it is, man. I mean, people gotta stay safe. Our governor right now is not happy because of our coronavirus stats and, you know, just rising, man. People just need to. Stay home. Wash the hands. Uh, stay healthy. Yeah, wash your hands. Um, and just, I don't know, man. I mean, we've never seen anything like this in our lifetimes. Mm-hmm. So um, no one knows how to deal with it. I mean, SARS didn't affect us like this. The flu didn't affect us like this. I mean, it's almost like, um, what's that little, uh, y'all ever seen? It's almost like the red disease. And Transformers, if you touch one of Transformers, they got red. They got infected, you know, with the angry disease. With this disease, it would take you out. So, um, 
Man, well, I yeah, I think this, this is something like a, not even a once in a generation thing. This is a once in a century thing. You got to think the Spanish flu, Ebola, not Ebola, um, the not Ebola, the was the plague, but that was even hundred plague. years, huh? Bubonic plague. Yeah, bubonic plague, and I think I might even say that wrong. But like this is what ah, should have got you there. <laughs> I messed up on Titanic. Yeah, so I think. This is something that, <laughs> but that's, so, I mean, it's something we've never seen. I think we never would see what it looks like in the modern era. We've seen movies about these things, yeah. but we've never seen it in this digital age where people get to come in on it and we're so interconnected. It almost makes it where it spreads faster. So it, it makes it a lot tougher, but in some ways it makes it easier because people can stay a lot more interconnected with each other. Right. You can see what's going on. In other countries, it's not like you're hearing stuff maybe in the newspaper, and obviously it might prevent it from getting as bad as it has been. And people see what's going on in the rest of the world, and they're like, hey, we might need to stay at the crib instead of just still moving like, you know, everything's all good. Right, right. So, Arthur? Let me tell y'all about what's been going on in these streets for me. Uh, Well... One with the holes in it in Jackson? <laughs> Man, whatever. How many street lights <laughs> your hometown got in it? Sorry. Anyway, so um, I, you know, for the most part, I've been at the house. But even if I hadn't been at the house, like I go somewhere and make sure it's a place where ain't nobody at. So like when I go to the park, I go to the park on Flower Street where I know ain't nobody out there. Well, <laughs> me and my dad um went out the other day. We went to um Calling Panther Lake in Crystal Springs where there was nobody out there. I go out to the reservoir where ain't nobody out there. So, you know, I can still get out and stuff like that. I just get in my Jeep and just drive around or whatever uh, where it's just me. So I ain't got to worry about any shenanigans or anything like that. I went through a little cold or whatever, but thanks to honey and lemon and my peppermint tea, you know, I'm straight now. So ain't none of that going on no more. So um, outside of it, making sure that I set up my Google Classroom and my Canvas for my students and giving them assignments and stuff like that because, of course... I'm sure they're going to turn in. I am very... Yeah, Uh of course they're going to turn it in, and I am very concerned about providing them with a quality education while we're out during this time. So, um... (laughs) You know, that's that. But on to this next topic. What do we think would have happened to the women's basketball team had the season not ended so well? Me, personally, I think that they didn't have it. I felt as though that the team chemistry wasn't very good. They hadn't figured out their lineups, you know, even at the end of the freaking year. Um, what the girl name is, Andrew Espinosa Hunter and um, Andrew Espinosa Hunter and Chloe Bibby weren't giving us anything. Uh, with Aliyah Matharu, she was either going to go out there and give us um, 26 points or else she was going to, you know, get five fouls in two minutes is just really hard to say. So um, I thought that they were probably either going to a get upset by some good mid major team in the um, round of 32, or else they were going to get mauled to death in the sweet 16. But in terms of we were going to make some type of magical final four or national championship run. I didn't quite see that coming. I didn't see that happening. Now next year, I think that is a complete possibility, but I felt as though that they weren't even playing at that high of a level um, at the end of the year, as evidenced by us getting mauled 
by South Carolina um, at the end of the SEC tournament. But I'm going to hand this one over to uh, Derek Thomas. What do you think was going to happen with the women? Well, like you said, we got our butts kicked by South Carolina SEC tournament. But, hey, the NCAA tournament is a whole different animal. There you go. Um, I think we would have made some noise in the tournament until we ran up against a talented team. Who knows? Maybe we could have, you know, gotten to the point where we could have seen the Gamecocks again because we did almost have them before we let them come back in the regular season. In the SEC tournament, I don't know what happened with us. And I do agree, yes, you know, our our lineups were kind of inconsistent. Uh, the biggest thing for me is we did not have any consistent three-point shooting. And that has been the staple of Vic Schaefer's teams, consistent three-point shooting. Um, with these, uh, with the addition of these talented freshmen that's coming in, and also Sidney Cooks, who is a big, who can shoot the three, I think that's going to make us even harder to defend. We're going to be able to go five, maybe even 12 deep. And everybody can score. And I was reading Coach Howland, not how Coach Howland, Coach Schaefer's strategy is recruit offense, teach defense. And I like that strategy. Recruit players who can score the basketball and teach them your defensive philosophy because it's easier to teach defense than it to teach, teach how to shoot a three. That's natural ability. Playing defense is our heart. You know what I'm saying? Heart and effort. So I think we would have possibly gotten to the Sweet 16 uh, Maybe we hit a, a magical run and pull an upset or two to get to the Final Four. But I don't think we could have won a championship with this young squad. I mean, I think they're talented, but we just aren't battle-tested yet. Right. All right. So, um, men's team, anybody want to say that we were going to make a run in the SEC tournament and go to the NCAA? Jeremiah, oh yeah, you get to talk about the women, even though you don't actually watch it. But just we're gonna say after you talk about the women's, then you can talk about the men's. (laughs) All right, so here's my thing. I I really think it was situation. I I concur with Derek. I think we probably got put out in the Sweet Sixteen. But I think the unfortunate thing about this, I kind of hate that they don't get a chance to go through the NCAA with a young team. And give them a chance. Anything about them being necessarily battle tested, but give them a chance to get that out the way. Maybe get that bad tournament run, get that bad, get that bad taste in their mouth. And I think it'd been kind of good for them, even if they didn't make it all to the final four to the NCAA championship. So I think that's going to kind of hurt us next year because we're kind of going to go into the tournament next year, assuming we're probably going. We're already considered the I can't think the third team coming this next year with the talent we have coming in. And then at the same time, we never quite figured out. I mean, it showed that Rakia was kind of merging. You see Rakia and Jessica Carter were our two main players. Cool. But I think next year you kind of like – they never got to solidify that in a tournament. Uh, no, not context, but in a tournament-tested battle. Like, so I think that's going to hurt us a little bit going into next year. So with all this new talent coming in, Sidney Cooks and AJ, as you, you know, alluded to before, talked about before, Vic Schaefer, is he like the Larry Brown of coaching? He's never coached with this much talent before. So he had a lot of talent this year. He didn't know what to do with Alyssa Mataro. What's he going to do next year? Maybe once you insert Alyssa Mataro into the uh, starting lineup, then you bring in Sidney Cook. Wait, 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 wait. Aaliyah. Aaliyah. Like the singer. Okay, Aaliyah. Sorry. Aaliyah Mataro. Not Alyssa Mataro. Sorry. My bad. But once you insert her into the starting lineup, then you got Sidney Cooks. Then you bring in all these talented 
Another talented big. I forgot the name. Taylor. Yeah, my Taylor. No, he got some talented players coming in. Five star caliber players coming in. What is he going to do with all this talent that he has? It just is he going to be able to manage all that? Obviously, with the pieces that we have and the size and the combination of size and talent, which as AJ you mentioned before, he's probably modeling our roster at the South Carolina. They're the team that's been our bugaboo for years. So we're going to have a bunch of six two, six three, very versatile swing threes, fours, and fives. So that's going to give us a very talented lineup with very good guards. But will he be able to manage that and divvy out the minutes? Because he wasn't able to do that this year. He kind of, you know, and what do you do with a Chloe Bibby and a, and a Andre Hunter? I know we probably want them to do with them. Bench them and let them come off the bench. Yeah, you know, let them have it. Ah, don't do it. <laughs> but what are you going to do for well, Hunter, man? You don't do that for her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, she kind of foreigny looking too. So, okay, I'll be wrong for that, bro. No, I like. Let's go there. We don't want to get canceled on the first first video pod. But yeah, I think that's the thing you kind of really just think about. Like, so I kind of hate that we don't get the opportunity to kind of get that bad taste in our mouth. Other than that, I think the girls will be okay. I, I hate they don't get a chance to at least you know make that run. But still, I think next year we're gonna have a lot of talent, a lot of sight. You know that brushing his hair, man. Like it's a half one. <laughs> okay. Looking too comfortable over there. I got to say fly, man. <laughs> okay, so what's next, man? We're going to talk about the men. Yeah, that, those... Jeremiah was supposed to go straight into talking about the men's. Oh, my bad. I kind of skipped over that part. I kind of got into just talking about the girls. I think the men. Women. And, and in a way, I'm a bit more saddened with the men because I think it was one of our few chances maybe to, not our few chances, but a chance to kind of maybe make a surprise run or probably one of our stronger teams under the being in the being Highland era. But you're looking at after this year, after all of this, you know, they're not going to give those guys um, any more eligibility, which is almost good because that means we get Tyson Carter back, but that's not going to happen. Reggie Perry's probably going to go pro. Who knows? Robert Woodard. I don't think he will go pro. I guess at this point he's not projected to. So we get him back, but you know, we, we return a pretty thin roster with all the transfers we're about to have, which we're going to get to. But I think that's the thing you kind of worry about with the men's team is that, you know, what are we actually going to have next year? Sorry. Uh, I guess, Derek, same question to you about what you think the men's team going to be looking like next year. Or, well, what do you think they would have done with the opportunity to finish a season? Well, if if somehow they would have squeezed into instead of a tournament, man, we first round exit. First round exit, no matter who we played. Um, I only saw the team play in person once, and it was a battle. They fought back against LSU before losing at the buzzer, uh, which a lot of people say is my fault, but not my fault. I wasn't guarding that get that guy. But I don't think we would have advanced to anywhere beyond the first round of the NCAA tournament. Lit is a different story. I think – um, it's possible we could have, you know, made some noise. I don't think we would have won the tournament. And it's it kind of it's kind of sad that neither tournament was kind of appealing to us as far as being able to uh, be successful as a basketball team, especially with all of the talent that we have. I mean, even though you only have right now, you have two draftable potential draft picks and Woodard um, and Reggie Perry. But everyone else was talented as well. The ones that played, you know what I'm saying? We'll get to that like later, like Jeremiah said. You know, only seven, eight guys were playing a night. 
maybe even nine, depending on foul trouble. So uh, for a team like this that was inconsistent with shooting the ball, inconsistent um, with defense, and just, you know, just downright just letting teams beat them that shouldn't have been able to beat them. I mean, this was a wasted season. I mean, you, what Reggie Perry uh, declared for the draft and came back. Yes, he um, he won the um, shoot the Howard Trophy. Oh, I, I also got to congratulate uh, Rakia Jackson for winning the Gillum. You know, back to back for Mississippi State men and women basketball for the no 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 who won it? Ole Miss won it last year, but back to back to back I think for Mississippi State uh, winning the Gillum. So um, Reggie Perry won the Howard this year. So um, kind of a wasted season this year because we had so much talent. And then you don't get a chance to see what this team could have done in either tournament. And now we got don't even have much of a team left. Well, yeah, um, like I say, I think that the basketball team would have definitely – probably lost their first game in the SEC tournament. Um, if they would have gotten into the NCAA tournament by some miracle, um, I can't see it not being a situation like last year where we just ended up losing to Liberty. And the whole time in my head, all I kept hearing was Liberty, 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 Liberty. And um, we'd have probably made a – NIT Final Four run or something like that before we inevitably lost to West Virginia or somebody like that. So um, thank God that um, you know on a certain level it's like coronavirus spared us watching uh, the slow death of the men's team. So uh, five transfers, a bunch of stick and stem dudes. I don't think it's gonna matter because all the dudes who transfer and suck and never played anyway. But whatever, Jeremiah. I don't know about, us, I don't know about the freshman. I, Jeremiah convinced us that we should care. I don't know if we necessarily should care, but I mean, we can't really say about the freshman. Uh, I do kind of wonder though that they didn't get a lot of run this year, considering the team. I don't think we had the most talented men's squad. It's hard for me to believe they shouldn't have got a little bit of a run. It seems Big Shaper. He's got not Big Shaper. Uh, Coach Highland got smart and actually played. DJ Stewart, as the season went on, put him in the starting lineup. He's like a guy that's going to be a probably impact guy for us next year. Good size. I mean, I don't know if he's an NBA talent or anything like that, but, you know, at least gives us a solid piece returning. But I think losing five guys, I just wonder who are they going to replace them with? Are we going to go after a bunch of grad transfers? Are there some late signees? And then obviously with – obviously for Vic Schaefer – I keep saying Vic Schaefer – for being Holland to allow us those guys to leave. And I'm not saying they could have just made decision their own, but – it's hard for me to believe any coach just wants five guys to just leave and allow that to just happen without trying to convince them. Because obviously if that many guys are leaving, that means there's going to be a lot of playing time next year. And I don't even know how talented our class was that signed in the early period. They don't seem like high-level players. So I just – I don't know. Like, I question that. So I'm worried more about the freshmen, the older guys, Prince Aduro and uh, – who? The, I don't even know the dude's name. Like, that's how little they play. So, I mean, that's the thing. I'm not really worried about them. I'm more worried about the freshmen because – you know, those guys possibly go to the future. One of those guys is a 6'7", six, 6'8", six, wing. Uh, you kind of wonder about losing guys like that. But other than that, can't really stress too much because we don't know how they can have something else planned for those spots. So maybe just wait and see on that. Derek, since you're the person who first brought this to our attention, how do you think this is going to impact the team? 
Well, these five guys, uh, freshman guard Devin Butts, freshman guard wing Elias King, sophomore forward Prince Uduru, junior forward Keyshawn Fizel all announced that they're going to be leaving. And then, of course, EJ Datcher is going to transfer as well. He still has a year left. Those are the five guys uh, that will be leaving our beloved men's Bulldogs squad. Um, like Jeremiah said, you know, these guys didn't really reach their potential, especially the freshmen. Uh, Prince Uduru was a transfer, uh, and then he sat out his season, and then when he got a chance to play, he didn't look the part at all. Keyshawn Fizel, um just couldn't find his way um, onto the basketball court for Howland. I mean, highly talented player from Lawrence County. Um, I hate that he's leaving, but hey, sometimes you have to make changes. And with these five guys leaving, it's going to open up five spots for five more guys to come in and see if Howling can really guide this ship to where we need him to guide it because he's a Final Four coach. That's all you hear Bulldog fans saying, oh, we shouldn't fire Howling like we fired Jomo. Howling is, a, is an established coach. Who are we going to get out there that's better? Man, these coaches that ain't never been no Final Four in their first couple of years got their teams playing at a high level, have their teams in the tournament and pulling upsets where we have all this talent and the SEC is not as strong as it used to be. This was our year to possibly shock someone, possibly dethrone Kentucky, get past LSU, get past Florida, and then just surprise people with the talent that we had, and we just let it go to waste. Go ahead, Jay. Oh, no. Nah. I'd like to say this as a, a bit of a dissenting opinion when it comes to how I get what you're saying, and I'm not going to put All right, so our last feed got cut off a little bit early, so we're giving you all a part two, a double dose of our pimping. So um, before we were rudely interrupted, Mr. Derek, you were talking about the five transfers that we had for the men's basketball team. Go ahead. Right. Well, of course, you know, um, talk about those five guys. We don't really have a squad now, so I'm guessing we're going to see how uh, how we're going to build this team with, you know, the shortened season and just hard to kind of recruit now because uh, you can't really see people in person. So I'm just – I'm bothered by these five guys leaving, but I'm pretty sure that they – know what they want to do with their careers to not to be bulldogs. So that's how the cookie crumbles or how the, how the dog's bowl breaks. Move. All right. So um, last topic, talking about NFL spring ball. Super Bowl dog weekend is not going to happen. Now, yesterday we actually recorded a version of this, and I was explaining it um, like I met my uh, first girlfriend at Super Bowl dog weekend, all that type of jazz. It wasn't important. That's a antecedent that we didn't get to um, put out to yesterday. But uh, anyway, so um, how do you all feel about the fact that we will not be having Super Bowl Dog Weekend, Black Alumni Weekend got canceled, coronavirus is destroying our lives. Jeremiah first. Uh, well, I know it wasn't Black Alumni Weekend one of those ones where we possibly were supposed to be there, or was it something early in the... We were supposed to be one of the people uh, doing a show from there. But... I'm not really to this point. I wouldn't plan on coming home for it anyway, especially with how the Corona stuff out there. I wasn't probably going to come home, but I think really the main thing is losing spring ball. 
I think that's the thing that's going to be tough because, you know, obviously a lot of teams you determine, you know, you're pretty much who's going to start, who's going to play, your rotations, and get your first look at guys and see how they improve over off-season workouts. And obviously that's a critical with us in kind of instituting that air raid system. We've kind of been a primarily run-based team really throughout the, the course of our history as a program. So now even though we're still technically a spread team, shifting from the spread offense to the air raid, it's going to be a different look. So being able to see who those guys in those new roles, we don't have the tight end position anymore. So we're not a power team anymore. So I think that have been good to kind of see where our guys are at. I don't think the defensive shift will be that much. I think we'll still, we still gonna run a similar style of scheme, but you're going to get an opportunity. We, the main thing is who's going to be the number two quarterback right now. You don't get a chance to see that at the moment because you know, Costello's our one. That's, that's definitely, he's the one. And then you have – who do you have after that? Right now, a lot of people think it's Schrader just because he jumped over a dude and did a helicopter. But other than that, he, he can't it get the prize out of It was a stupid play even when he did it, by the way. I digress. But a lot of people were just giving him hype because of that one play that ESPN talked about, and they're like, we got our guy. It's like that classic look that just looks like the play from any given Sunday. Like, that's our guy. And everybody always forget that Cap Rooney got replaced in that game, but whatever. But so – we really have to figure out who our number two guy is. We have the transfer coming in. I don't think it's a set that that guy's going to be a starter because Mike Leach throughout his history, even the guy that started for him last year, beat out a tra- income and transfer from a, I think, a Division two school. So it's not a guarantee he'll start a guy like that after a Costello. So now you have KT, you have a Schrader, you have a Jalen Maiden, and now the guy coming in. So you would have had an opportunity to determine who you're probably next in line if Costello was to falter or get injured this year. So I don't think it's going to be kind of hard to determine that. So what does a KT do? So does he change his decision-making process? And Because I understand he's the guy, in my opinion, should have been in line to move the receiver. But and then Schrader, he, he's a guy I think was in line. Maybe I think he was going to be our number four quarterback. I think that really what it's going to be. You know, hit after fall practice, after the new guy comes. Maybe three. But I think he's a guy that's been in line to transfer. So I think that's where it's really going to hurt us as a program, not being able to have spring ball because of the coronavirus. All right, and Jeremiah, while you're at it, um, go ahead and touch on that new transfer. Or he's okay. I mean, he's a solid player. I think a lot of people are looking at, oh, he's only a three star. He's only this, and I don't think people need to get too hype about it. But you had to look at Leach is trying to get his type of guys, and some people can talk about what Leach type of guys are. But at the same time. I think he's trying to get a guy that fits his scheme. He's only going to be a walk-on. He's not even on scholarship. So you got a three-star, a mid-three-star guy coming to your program that's a walk-on. But I think he's looking at the opportunity to come and play in Mike Leach's system because he's taking guys that were walk-on caliber talents like a Baker, but he didn't do Baker Mayfield, but guys like that and turn them into pretty good players. So, and you're always going to throw for a lot of yards. You're going to look good. So why would a guy not come play for Mike Leach? He fits the mold like Costello's guy from Stanford. The kid coming in, I think what's his name, Alan Walters. I may have his name wrong. Uh, he's coming from Vanderbilt. So, you know, they're very smart guys. They're accurate, and they fit what he's trying to do. So, he's really resetting his quarterback room. That means some other guys are probably about to leave the room, but he's resetting his quarterback room. And I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Will Greer's will. I mean, Will oh, Rogers, not Will Rogers Greer. Greer. Will Greer know. plays Sorry. for the Panthers. Will Rogers, excuse me. Sorry. Will Rogers. But he comes from Vandy. Vandy, I don't care how smart you are. Jay Cutler. Play football for Vandy. 
You don't go to Vandy to play football. Jay you go to Cutler. Vandy. What's that? Jay Cutler went to Vandy. <laughs> well, and you see what – and every team he's went to and left, they hate him. Uh, don't get me wrong. This kid is talented. He had offers from Alabama, Kentucky, a couple other Power 5 squads. But still, he went to Vandy. And they went through three quarterbacks. All three of these quarterbacks, including this guy here, are all gone. So they're starting anew in the quarterback room. So he wasn't going to start at Vandy. He wasn't going to play at Vandy. Y'all understand what Coach Leach did for uh, our homeboy, the mustache, the Mississippi mustache, uh, Garner Minshew. But I don't know, man. (laughs) Here's the, the bottom line is we all know who going to be starting quarterback is. If he's healthy, KJ Costello. As far as I don't think KT should move to wide receiver. He wants to play quarterback. And that is what he should play. If he's not going to play quarterback at Mississippi State, he needs to transfer somewhere and get a chance to play quarterback. He still has two years of eligibility left. Jalen Maiden, who I absolutely love, um, hasn't we haven't gotten a chance to see him aside from mop up duty? It's true freshman season, and he didn't get a chance to throw it then, you know. So, Joe Mo again, you know, wasting, um, you know, talent as far as in an inconsistent quarterback room. Yes, I know we had Thomas Stevens and Schrader playing musical chairs, but they were very inconsistent. They had pretty good seasons statistic-wise, but they were inconsistent. Yes, I know Moose could only play four games, but let him throw it. Who cares if he throws for 400 yards in all four games? Let him play. You know what I'm saying? And that way you could, you could have seen what you had for next year. Unfortunately, Joe Moorhead got fired. Same thing with KT. Give him some playing time. Why play KT at wide receiver? But now we have Mike Leach. Got to let Joe Mo go. I think all of them are going to stay at least through spring practice. Well, I don't think no practice. one's going to tra- – whenever we have spring practice or whatever, or summer practice or whatever practice, you know what, I had to reset that because that's going to impact KT because KT has two years left. He's not going to want to waste one of his years trying to compete for a job where he knows he's not going to start until KJ Costello gets that. What's that, uh, Arthur, that night? What is that you're doing, man? I'm pretending I'm on psycho. Oh, my God. You're on well, Hey, I mean. Movie, he's Jeremiah. Pretending, he's pretending he's on psycho. You've never seen I, a psycho I reference right now, right. You've never seen, you don't, you don't. Oh, my God. I, oh, well, just, what, I, mean, I just saw Peyton Fool for the first time a couple of days ago, so I'm behind on the time sometimes. You just saw what for the I first time? Peyton Fool. For the first time, I know my Bro, black baby. card got revoked. We're gonna have to add a we're gonna have to add a movie or TV show segment to our podcast. You know, pick at Jeremiah for what he's never seen. <laughs> I've seen most, don't get it twisted. I just never saw Peyton Full. I've never seen Scarface, I'm not in the mob movies. So, wow, but anyway, I'm done. Peyton, you know that um, mob movies is my favorite. So, Darius Slade leaving those losers, that factory of sadness in Detroit, and going to the <laughs> Philadelphia like Eagles. And um, they're kind of, um, they, a bunch of losers, and then they won a Super Bowl one time. So basically they're the, um, they're Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. But um, Darius Slade, 
going over there, had some problems with Matt Patricia saying that he was um, filleting a guy who burnt them on a play and told him that he was an elite. Thoughts? I'm going to start off with Derek on this one. Well, I don't think Matt Patricia has any room to criticize Darius Slay because the way he has been coaching the past couple of years, he should be fired. He has no right to say anybody is not elite. He's not even an elite coach. He's not even a good football coach. How dare you call a multiple Pro Bowl cornerback, a cornerback who's led the league in picks, all pro, multi-million dollar, number one corner in your squad, not elite. And you're not even an elite football coach. I can't wait to see how. Man, will you please put that damn knife down, bro? I can't concentrate because if you cut yourself, if you cut yourself, man, it, I'm going to laugh. Bro. Mom was like wishing I was the host of the show. I can do them like I do my kids when we have videos and cut off the video. <laughs> Almost at the but, use classroom management techniques. But I can't wait to see how Fletcher Cox and Darius Slay, two former Bulldogs, team up. With Cox in that front in that front seven, and Slate in that in that secondary, I, it's it's gonna be awesome to have two Bulldogs, two of the highest paid players at their position, playing on the same squad. Right. Well, I guess I'll just jump in there. Um, that's, that's you, Jeremy. <laughs> yes, I mean I kind of like it too. Just the fact that it kind of just adds to another another Bulldog getting a, getting a big payday. Yeah, Derek Slade, Fletch Cox has already established himself as one of the top D tackles in, in the league. Got guys like KJ Wright, Monte Sweat, who's eventually hopefully going to get paid. Chris Jones is about to get paid. Maybe not in Kansas City, but he's about to get paid. Uh, B-Mac. We got a lot of players. Preston Smith. How dare you? Don't put that in my Chiefs future, bro. I need him back in Kansas City so we can defend our Super Bowl tr- title. Uh, tell Pat Mahomes not to sign and break the bank because they can't keep both. So, you know, that's probably not going to happen. And if I'm Chris Jones, I don't get on no hometown discount. I'm going to get my paper. So, at the sign same time. a franchise tender and get signed next year. A, a two-time franchise player. There you go. So, they're going to sign him and Patrick Mahomes to a, a record NFL deal at the quarterback position. I mean, let Chris Jones sign, sign a franchise with his franchise player two years in a row. Then you sign Mahomes, and then after the year you sign Mahomes, you sign Jones. Not going to happen. We know it's not going to happen. Like, so if they really want to sign Chris Jones to a massive deal, it would have been done by now, just like uh, St. Louis did with Aaron Donald. I mean, I love Chris Jones. I think he's awesome. We really should have um, signed him I mean, to a contract but, after he had that unbelievable season. Last year, that's when we should have resigned him. I think they're playing more of a game of chicken with him. They know they probably can't keep him and Patrick Mahomes with the way the quarterback market is right now. I mean, Ryan Tannehill just got 30. What do you think Pat Mahomes is going to get? I mean, unless he's just feeling really generous, if he doesn't get at least 40, something wrong. And all this money's probably going to be guaranteed, not just like on the, on the episode of Ballers. He's going to get probably all guaranteed money. He's 25, 26, something like that. He's He's the real deal. He's already won a Super Bowl. I mean, you got to pay him. So, Christian Jones probably isn't going to get his money. Um, at least in Kansas City, at least. So, he should get his money, but it's just the economics of the situation. But, yeah, it's a really good big play slate. And just to touch on what Matt Patricia said, I kind of – let's just hope they win next year because if they don't, he's gone. Because I think something like this is going to burn him, his bridges with a lot of, you know, 
Darius Slay is not with the Lions because of his relationship with Matt Patricia. He's not with them because they cannot pay him. And corners tend to get traded for whatever reason. How many corners have, have finished their career with their first, elite corners have finished their career with the same team? Deion Sanders even says that never happened. Say so you never get appreciated by your first team. That just don't happen. So, I mean, it's just how it normally goes. They don't appreciate you. You go to another team, you win a Super Bowl or something. So, I think – like, when Deion played with them, though. I mean, Lion, that's probably why they got rid of him. Like, you can't win with him. So, I think it's unfortunate. And then Matt Patricia, they don't win next year, he's gone. Mm-hmm. And that's a pattern with former Patriots coaches – Bill O'Brien, a former Patriots coach, talking noise to his players, insulting them, you know, belittling them, and thinking you're going to be able to hold a locker room down? Nah. To his credit, to his credit he's had a pretty good pretty good run of it without the Patriots. So, Texas had oh, Bill, Bill O'Brien? Well, Bill O'Brien proved himself in college. Matt Patricia just ran the defense that Romeo Cornell left behind. Right. So, I think some of them guys try to too much try to be a Bill Belichick. But Bill Belichick, you know, he has Tom Brady. Well, had Tom Brady. And he had all those great assistants. So, now, I mean, those guys are out there coaching. And as Shannon Sharper said one time, they forget that Bill and Tom ain't coming with them. So, it's like, right. like they don't have those guys coming with them. So. Why are you making faces, bro? Really? You realize folks going to be to see you, right? Yeah. Actually, no. Believe it or not, No. It only has the camera on the person who's talking. Oh, actually, it shows everybody when you record. No, when I looked at it, it was only because I had it in the speaker view. But anyway, that's beside the point. So oh, that brings you're us to, recording. Okay. Yeah, yeah that, that brings sense. us to the last uh, topic, which is why will the Cowboys not pay Dakota Prescott? What is the reason for this, Jeremiah? He's excellent for too much money. I think that they're game, game of chicken. They don't like there are only so many good quarterbacks in the league. I mean, the Titans, and that's something we were talking about before the show. The Titans just gave Ryan Tan- Oh, a friend of mine was we were just talking about. I'm thinking we were talking about I was talking about with another friend. They just gave Ryan Tannehill $118 million over four years. How is that not gonna get at least 35 per year? It's just it wouldn't even make sense. Like Tannehill's had with one decent season. He, you didn't he make wasn't even a starter quarterback to begin the season. Exactly. And Dak has at least led him to the, the Cowboys to the playoff twice. Yes, I understand he has Zeke, but are we going to really blame him for that? There's plenty of quarterbacks that have done well with great talent behind them. I, I mean, look at the Cowboys' original big three. You had Emmitt Smith and Michael Irvin and Troy Aikman, who was just average, but that's a whole other conversation. But Dak – since they've gotten Amari Cooper, look at what his numbers are. He's been one of the top five quarterbacks in the league numerically. He's healthy. He's marketable. He has that classic look for the Cowboys, uh, starting, I mean, starting quarterback, franchise quarterback. He should run a little more, in my opinion. But at the same time, I think uh, people always hating on the man saying he's, like, he doesn't deserve this, he don't deserve that. Like, what does he have to do to prove that he's that caliber quarterback? If you look at his numbers against Tom Brady's early, although Tom Brady has the Super Bowls, his numbers are actually quite comfortable, if not better, than Tom Brady. And Tom Brady's considered the GOAT, although they've made like nine Super Bowls. That has to do that. But at the same time, and Tom Brady had a lot more around him. He wasn't coached by Coach Clapp. So at the same time, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I just really hate how Dak is not getting his money. I agree. I agree. I'm glad that the Cowboys are now back at the negotiating table with Dakota Prescott. We're going to see how he um, – 
<laughs> put the put the icon up there. We're gonna see how he uh, adjusts to Mike McCarthy's offense uh, because you know Jason Garrett is no longer there. We know what Mike McCarthy can do with a quarterback. Uh, we know what his offense has done the past couple of years. Watching the Packers, even though they did struggle in his later years, the Packers uh, he he helped uh, make Aaron Rodgers who he is today. So um, I know a lot of that is depending on the talent and work at the, the quarterback. But have you seen that pregame routine? I mean, he's out there doing like dance moves with his hips, man. He, that, <laughs> I mean, so this guy has worked to create himself, to turn himself into an elite quarterback. He has all the tools. He has the work ethic. Will he get to where he needs to be? I think so. Will he, win a, will he win a Super Bowl? I'm not sure. But he's going to continue to play at a high level, continue to put pieces around him where he can grow as a player. Because if you don't have no weapons, you can't win at all. Right. I mean, even, even Tom Brady with his sorry weapons, they were good enough to win, though. But, right. hey, when you're in Dallas, you got to have talent. When that NFC East, you got to have talent. Imagine if you put New England in a tougher conference. Would they have been dominant so long? You know what I'm saying? You put them in a tougher conference. I mean, they all I mean like you had the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Bills. The Jets are an acronym for just in the season. So <laughs> hey, you know, I mean, pay that. Yeah, I mean, go ahead and pay your due, but at the same time. Uh, I felt as though that probably nine times out of ten, the reason why they didn't sign him first is because they were trying to get that um Amari Cooper situation sorted out. And since he's getting franchise tag, at least he won't be making rookie contract money anymore. So I guess it's a little bit more palatable. But uh, as Shannon Schrock would say, sometimes he can be guilty of a few empty calories and uh, <laughs> there are games that they lose that they just have no business losing and I guess that he does have a bit of a um A-Rod kind of air about himself where yeah they'll start making a run at the end of the game when the game is out of reach whereas it would be like man it would have been nice if he would have did this earlier kind of remind me of LeBron but anyway I know you hey, won't. Look, I, hey, look, that's for a whole other podcast. Right, we can go there, but <laughs> look, man, I know that you be on um LeBron's. Uh, we're gonna say um coin pouch sometimes, but yeah. Uh, so that's that's about it. So I guess that brings us to the end of our first recorded. Episode of the Black Dog. No, it's not first recorded. First, that you need to make sure you say. Man, I'm first video. Look, yeah, I didn't really had it. Great podcast last night. Too bad he forgot to say. Awesome too, man. I didn't really had it with this dude Jeremiah. If I can be honest with you, I'm about fast. I mean, that's your close personal friend of yours. I'm about fast. Hey, look, I'm about fast seconds away from Derek Thomas in his ass. What you mean? Hey, stacking him like Dave Craig. What you mean by Derek Thomason? What that supposed to Nah, like, like when y'all had that beef episode. That's what's gonna happen. Told him. Let's hope you don't get into big long lectures about nothing. That's 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 a Derek thing. So. Oh, okay. I Hold on, how you go? I know you ain't no old long winded self, Van Long. I'm long winded. I'm a teacher, so I explain things. Yeah, so, whatever, man. 
Anyway, so this brings us to the first, uh, the ending of the first one that y'all go see anyway. Uh, episode of the Black Dog Sports Podcast that is um, recorded in HD so that y'all can see my handsome face. Matter of fact, let me... Oh, nah, I not, brush your hair, not man. Yet, not yet. Get your soul glow on. Not yet, guy. Watch, watch this. Watch this. Man. Anyway, so I'm going to hey, go bye. ahead and give Jeremiah the dibs on uh, giving his parting thoughts. I know it's going to be something really heartfelt and emotional. So uh, go ahead and take it away, Jeremy. No, uh, I think, man, just tell everybody just needs to be safe out there, man. Uh, stay at home unless you got to go somewhere. I'm probably about to go get some heat myself. So just be safe. Wash your hands. Please wash your hands. Please wash your hands. And that's all I ask right now. I mean, hopefully we can get back to having some sense of normalcy in the next month or two. And maybe be shorter if full five has weight. But at the same time, I think just everybody's be safe right now, man. Be with your families and use this as a time to reflect and just think about what your next steps are going to be once we do get away from this uh, global pandemic. All right. So, Derek, next. I'm going to be showing a sweet matters when I'm praying for everybody uh, across the world that, you know, you know, that we can, you know, overcome this pandemic. And just be able to live our lives, man. I'm just ready for the end. I want my sports back. I'm ready to live life again, man. Real talk. <laughs> it would have been better if you, your, your audio wasn't you did. Oh, oh yeah. Really? Same thing man, that I said. Yeah, my yeah, audio was muted or, or off? No, nah, man. Oh, I oh, man, looking like say, a man. Old Spice Adams. Anyway, <laughs> and you don't want to do that, Jeremiah. You already know how I am. I anyway, said Spice Adams. I didn't say he's killing Price. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, so as I was saying before, Jeremiah, who want to be roasted so bad, they ain't thinking. Um, Make sure that y'all don't take y'all happy-go-lucky ass into these um grocery stores and buy up all of the tissue and the eggs and the alcohol and all that type of stuff. Take only what you need, enough to sustain yourself for like, you know, a week or two so that other people can have things also. I stayed by Cash Saver down here in South Jackson, and they actually had limits on stuff, and lo and behold, they actually have food. I've never seen anything like it. But um, like I say, that's the end. In the words of Vic Schaefer, praise the Lord and go dogs. And uh, one last thing, so all the ladies that's watching this, to a shimmy. Hey, look! If the coronavirus don't take you out, I will. K bye. <laughs>